Massive action, guys. We have a special guest with us today. And uh, I, have a, I have a feeling this by our conversation, just like we just had, that we're going to go into a lot of uh, really good stuff that, that's really going to help a lot of shops shop owners uh, navigate through some of these obstacles, you know. Um, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and a little bit about your background. Yeah, so uh, my name's Drew Bryant. I've got uh, a body shop by the name of DB Orlando Collision. Uh, been in business now going on 13 years. Um, no previous industry experience prior to getting involved in this business. Uh, I was a uh, regional manager for Panera Bread of all places. And um, I was responsible for several stores and uh, all of their uh, their training, specifically orientations, anybody coming into the company. Um, I was attending monthly meetings with the administrative team on that side that all had uh, PhDs in restaurant management. So I was a, I was a fish out of the water and absorbing a lot of uh, uh, process implementation, process uh, development uh, strategies that I, I didn't even realize I was absorbing at the time. Um, in the six years that I spent at Panera, you know, I started as a dishwasher, ultimately ended up at a pretty high level uh, managerial position. I got involved in an accident and uh, that accident I had repaired uh, at a shop uh, representing the insurer. And uh, it was actually the dealer that I bought the car from. Mm. Something just wasn't quite right. I had the car post repair inspected. And then after the, after the inspection, um, I, we determined that the, the vehicle had to be bought back. Um, the shop ended up buying it back from me. And, and what, it, what I was exposed through to throughout that transaction just kind of uh, lit a uh, kindled a fire within me to um, develop a facility uh, within Collision Repair that spoke to the everything that I wish I had had the initial round. Right, as a, not being a professional repair, what were the details that were missed? You know, what procedures were they following? Um, how could I have been better served? And started hitting the books, lots of traveling, um, joined some uh, mastermind groups and. Uh, really began to work on the, the the gaps within our you know this industry and and how the influence that the insurer had over the industry and and you know what I could do to um you know execute on on, on the customer's behalf in in the sense of advocacy right yeah hmm. right so you you touched on something that that is I think a lot of shop owners um uh, they don't like to feel like the fish out of water and and they, they don't like to um, get into rooms where there's people with more information with them or people that might be smarter than them. But how how much is it is how beneficial is it to be the little fish? I mean, the fish out of water, right? I, I mean, how how did it help you? Yeah, no, I mean, I remember. <laughs> I remember prior to going to some of those meetings, man, I, I, I would be vomiting just so, <laughs> so nervous, right? Um, totally outclassed. But um, the exposure to that really beyond, I mean, there, there's a sense of accountability that you can't you can't get anywhere else, right? But separate from the accountability, um, just the environment that is it, you're able to potentially bring forward an idea and or... Um, you know, utilize somebody else's idea and, and their experience, you know, you, it's just irreplaceable, right? You can't put a dollar on that. So. Yeah. So like for, for the, for the shop owner, that's kind of um, 
feeling like they maybe hit a plateau where they're not really sure how to elevate or how to improve their their leadership skills what would be some some ponds that they can explore right what would be some some places or some organizations that maybe local organizations they can go and just expand their mindset by getting around these bigger thinkers and and bigger action takers yeah <clears throat> you know i think i think a great place to start is is really just the 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 funds that that what i've found as we've gone through either implementing apprenticeship programs uh working with uh, other networking groups. Um, a, a lot of these places have an abundance of funding, Ooh. and and really just a, a a general disengagement with the currency of their curriculums, right? And being able to network around like-minded individuals, the power that you can have to really channel those resources. Um, you know, we've joined uh, ATI and the Automotive Training Institute. Um, their collision program has just been absolutely bar none for us um, between independent trainings, you know, LMS, um, being able to have a learning management system that you can have a, a formal training schedule and watch the, the progress of, of the people within your store. Um, all too often when I talk to shop owners, you know, I hear there's from the top down, there's a dedication to training and there's a, there's a want and a need to train and really empower their people to be better, right. be more efficient. Um, but there, there really is no organized method and or implemented solution on how to go about that mm. and being able to join groups to where you can kind of bounce these ideas off of others uh, and, and really grasp, you know, how the, how the leaders of the industry, how the guys that are moving the needle and or, uh, you know, are, are at least common minded, right? They're 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 like minded, and they're wanting to be able to push that needle. Um, the best place to start is is not with hypotheticals or or somebody that that suggests they have the idea, but the guy that's actually in the trenches and grinding it out. You know? Yeah. What well, are you are you part of any like chamber or um, local nonprofit organizations that kind of other business owners that also. Yeah, so on a local network, uh, no, I'm I'm not I'm not in the uh, Winter Park Chamber or anything like that. I do spend a lot of time um, in the community, mm -hmm. and and most of my time spent in the community is exactly that. So uh, it, it's spent with the trade programs locally. Okay. So we spend a lot of time at Mid Florida Tech. Um, the there's several uh, tech colleges based around us. Mary Crawl College out of Daytona, you know. When I go into these facilities, I, 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 sit, I spend intentional time going in. It's a consistent abundance of funding, whether it's state funded, um, funded by distributors, whatever it is, and a total lack of curriculum. These guys are, they're stud welding panels. Um, there, there is no vehicle assessment. There's no damage assessment. There's no repair planning going on. And I found that really investing my time there, um, you know, it goes so much further, right? That we, we've developed some scholarship programs to where um, we've been able to um, the top of those kids' class that are coming out of those schools as we're updating the curriculum. Uh, we're buying them a full set of tools. Uh, we're supplying them uh, a year and a half worth of on-site training. We we're paying for all their iCar stuff. We're getting them wow. on-site job training and the credentials associated yeah, with that, it, right? That, that, that I think that... I think a lot of people might have missed what you actually described, like the I, the bigger picture of that. 
And and what you described is, is so powerful because tell me if, if I got this right. So you're going to the local community colleges or trade schools and you're volunteering your time to train those guys. But at the same time, you're actually getting better and it's holding you accountable. And it's actually building your credibility within your community as an industry expert. And so everything comes back around. So it's not like you're, you're, you're helping those kids develop uh, a career for themselves and, and a path with some actual good leadership, because I understand what you're saying. Like a lot of these uh, trade schools, they'll have them working on the same fender for a whole week. <laughs> and, 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 and uh, I've, I've, I've come, I went to schools and, and I've seen them, they're sanding body, body filler with, uh, with 400. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're going to be here all week. You know, but yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like, uh, they they every city needs that uh, that shop owner to go in there and say, hey, you know what? I'm willing to uh, commit my time and and help these these guys, these girls uh, with training. And also, like it may it makes you stay on point because you have to be on top of your game, especially if you're going to be trying to teach someone because you have to be you have to be in the trenches. I have gone through the trenches to know what you're talking about. You know, I mean, it's got to be, you got to have maintained currency, right? I mean, the apprenticeship program that we roll to them, they're referring the top of their class now to us. So there is eventually residual reward from it, but it's a structured apprenticeship program with a plan that defines what the first week looks like, what the first month looks like. And, and, and being able to draw that talent in is all utilized just off of leveraging um, and and really getting in there and getting your feet wet with those programs. Because I'll tell you, the people that are showing up in those meetings are paint vendors and, and distributors they're they're not the industry guys are just simply I, i'm not they're not in my market i'm pulling them in right yeah. and i think you know at the core of what we do although it's not easy right it's relatively simple you know as business owners we get up early we push our team and our families to be better we radiate you know unnatural levels of self-discipline um we make success happen right and the thought of of giving back, you know, I believe too often is is misconstrued as a potential financial do- donation or, yeah. um, you know, how we can help a program or a charity group in need. It, I found that in my journey, it's it, it sharing our time, our our life experiences, our mindsets, mm-hmm. and mentoring others to, to just think the way that we do, right, yeah. um, is far more impactful to all parties involved than any dollar can can duplicate right that makes sense uh and i'm gonna I, i'm referring to, to, to your article if, if no one's you know, i haven't got the fender bender magazine uh he's on uh page number 90 and he has an awesome article and one thing that caught a couple of things that caught the whole article caught my attention uh but i'll, I'll kind of break down some of the things uh you mentioned time blocking Let, let's jump into time blocking because whenever you whenever you mentioned time blocking uh, scheduling your team to to maximize uh, pro- productivity. I, I I knew that that you had you had some structure there, and I knew that that uh, you you knew what you were talking about, just by using those terms, right? So let's go into time blocking. Let's break down time blocking for someone that doesn't understand it. And how can they implement that into their business or start imp- implementing that into their life? Yeah, if you were to ask me what the biggest impact that I've made within my my facility in the last 10 years, but hands down, 
uh, it, it would be relative to communicating and, and you know the, the structured communication within and time blocking my people. Um, the the whole concept is really thrived off of avoiding people of being on demand, and I talk about that in the article. Mm-hmm. If you know, it's really it, it, in a business that we we have so many different people to answer to, whether it's the consumer, the insurance company, um, parts vendors, parts delays. We have all these updates in between. If regardless the commitments that we set out to each other and we plan per se our day, if we are at the mercy of the phone and our business structure is to be answer and and address any call or any concern right then immediately, and there is no formal accountability of when I'm going to be, where I'm going to be there at that time, then we're at the mercy of of, of whoever comes yeah. in, right? We, re- we truly have no idea what we're capable of because our days are just, you know, they're, they're, they're taken by that. They start in the morning when the phone starts ringing and I go here, I go there. And next thing you know, I'm running around just putting out fires all day long. Being able to consolidate everyone's responsibilities, specify specifically who's going to do what, um, and then categorize into how long those particular tasks should take you, you really can have a way to be able to delegate the responsibilities in a timely fashion that allocates for everybody's time. And, and the impact that you can have in, in increasing efficiency is, is so rewarding. Your people are less stressed, right? They're, they're, they're not going home with a sense of, oh my goodness, that was a crazy day. And I don't have any idea what the hell I accomplished, right? They're going home with going, that was a busy day. And I feel accomplished because I, I watched the boxes get checked um, you know, in order throughout the day. So it's it's been a significant uh, um, kind of feather in, in associated with our success and the momentum that we've been able to to pick up just by having everyone's time allocated has been been tr- tremendous. Yeah. What, what should someone start to allocate first? Like, what should someone start to time block first that because you know how it is like whenever someone's going to start a, a new habit or or something, if they try to commit all the way, it's going to be overwhelming. They're going to probably fall off. But if they start with the smallest task first and slowly start to build that momentum, it kind of increases to a full blown habit. Sure. My advice would be anything that you're already doing that just doesn't have the structure behind it. So mm-hmm. any internal meetings, if you're having them every morning, it needs to be on a, on a, on a defined calendar that a defined schedule that starts at a specific okay. time and ends at a specific time and then rolls over to simple things like your lunch, right? It needs to be a defined time every single day and just have practice the discipline of if you're going to take a lunch, it happens at this, at this particular time and it's planned. It could be a different time per day. It could be for different amounts of time, but it, it it's it's projected, it's planned, and it's and then it's disciplinedly executed. Yeah. And the consistency of doing those internal appointments, you'll be able to develop momentum that then you can begin to roll to the front office. You can then to you you can begin to then present to consumers because the second phase of time blocking is really the the benefit of automation. Once you're able to be able to time block a schedule out. You can then begin to automate reminders for appointments. You can begin to automate um, follow-ups on whether it's reviews or um, you know customer surveys. All of those things can can piggyback onto the automated. But you know it's on the intake. 
You know, it's, it's, if they're dropping off a car for an estimate, it's not, you're not paying somebody to man a door that anybody can swing through at any time. It's an appointment. They honor the appointment. We assess the situation. They proceed forward. And then we hopefully present them with a next appointment delivery. It's the same difference. If we're delivering a car, it's not how many we can get out on a Friday. It's this is the maximum number of delivery transactions that our store can facilitate in a day and do it at a level that we feel meets our customer service experience that we're after. And we don't exceed it because there's only so many of those appointments to go out for the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Let, let's jump into um, that. That was good though. That was good. That was a lot of information. Uh, let's go into the the scheduling. The, the, is that like a morning meeting, the morning huddle? How, how does that? Yeah, so so let, let, let's break, break down what, I mean, the, a morning, uh, a morning huddle is basically a morning meeting, but a lot of people call it the huddle. We call it the yeah. huddle. Uh, break down maybe uh, the structure that is it the most effective for a morning huddle or morning meeting. So our, our morning meeting only includes our administrative uh, positions. So it'll be a front office, production team. Um, n- none of the technicians are present. And essentially, we run through all of the vehicles and we we develop a plan associated with you know, where's the customers, where, where the customer's expectations are, where we're at, are we ahead of schedule, behind schedule for every single car that we've got on site. And then rolling after that morning meeting, um, we have weekly meetings. So very specifically, Monday at 1030, uh, we sit down for a, a projection meeting. And once again, it's administrative only. Yeah. And and we we print a projection sheet and we say, this is the target for the week. You know, the whole concept of aim at nothing and hit it every time. If you're just trying to get as many cars as you can out for the week, expect delays, expect inconsistencies, right? Um, but if we can define a target and say, this is how much we can get done. And anybody responsible for impacting those vehicles leaving, you're going to have in that meeting. So it'll be a parts team on part availability. It'll be front office on customer availability and expectation. And then the production team on what's the reality of what they can get accomplished. After that projection meeting on Monday, there is a per, there is a, a, a technician projection, projection meeting that we have early every afternoon at one o'clock. And really, it, it's multi-purpose. It serves as a, as, a, as a key point for all of the team to be back from lunch at one. And then we basically spoon feed the projection meeting results, right? Whatever we produce on Monday as a target, we spoon feed it to the technicians on a daily basis. And in a very systematic way, say, this is all we need to get painted today. This is all that we've got to get through body today, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what's leaving, what not. We revise um, that projection on Thursday, midday on Thursday. We sit down again at 1030 and say, okay, where are we at? According to our goal on Monday, are we on track? Are we behind? Do we need to pivot? Is there something else that we need to supplement versus what we initially thought we were going to be able to execute on? Um, and then directly after our Thursday projection follow-up, we are looking looking forward at next week. What, yeah. is, there enough, is there enough in the pipeline or do we really need to get on the phones and maybe try to fill it up? As well as an intentional 20 minutes spent on accounts receivables. So every week, we're, we're progressively, consistently looking at what we have in pending ARs. Yeah. Um, and th- that meeting structure, we follow like, I mean, clockwork every week. There is, uh, they're at the same time every week, the same people attend, and everyone in the room knows what they're responsible for as far as 
whatever metric they've got to bring to the table to be able to fulfill the room with the information they need to be able to execute and make decisions. Got it. Got it. Sounds pretty good. Uh, what, what, what would you say, like someone that's never had a meeting in their shop they, and, 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 and they're terrified of, uh, of the meeting, how would you, how, what, what can you, what, what kind of advice can you give them to get that, get that rolling? So, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I can I can tell you from experience, you know, the production meeting in the afternoon, I'll use it as an example. We want to keep that meeting at 15 minutes. And when we started doing those meetings, um, it would it would go 30, 45 minutes sometimes. And it kind of just we would get done and we'd walk away and go, OK, what what did we just accomplish? Right. And the real key turning point for us was to have an agenda. And if you're if you're planning on having a meeting, the first thing that I would ask yourself is why, right? Why? What's the purpose of the meeting? And then write yourself an agenda that that has four or five questions on it. That inevitably, if those questions are answered, you're gonna def- you're gonna answer your why, <laughs> and present that as the meeting agenda. Go in and say, okay, gentlemen, we're not going to discuss. You know, conflict resolution, we're not going to discuss in this meeting, um, you know, areas that we need to work on process development or why this car wasn't parked here this morning. What we're going to discuss right now are these five Ooh, areas, got right? It, got it. And if you can really hone them in on that and and magnify those areas, if you will, I think that the 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 results of the meeting are, will will be positive. And I think that it'll motivate you to to put some structure yeah. behind the rest of them. That, that's so I, I think one time someone told me. um Oh, only only have a meeting when there's something to meet about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't just try to have a meeting to to get everybody motivated. Like have a meeting because you never know how that meeting's gonna go. If you just uh like you said, if you don't have a why or you don't have a, a purpose of the meeting and someone kind of talks about something and kind of raises a conversation that puts everybody in a awkward mood or pisses everybody off. Then, then the meet, the meeting backfired on you. <laughs> well, and, and how time blocking actually supports that. You know, yeah. uh, meetings for us, and I think everybody's experienced this at some level. We sit in a room, and everyone gives commitments on what they're going to accomplish for the day. They're going, yeah, yeah, I got that, I've got that. But if if they're if they're not time blocked, they don't know where their day is going. So inevitably, you end up at the meeting the following business day. And everyone's going, oh, I was on the phone too much yesterday. I didn't get the opportunity to get to that or I couldn't. So it's just false perception. But in an environment where everyone's time blocking their time, they're bringing their agenda for the day of their commitments to the meeting. And the only commitments that they're giving for the day are within the white space that they have left. So yeah. it's very easy for that team member to visually recognize I, I'm tapped out. I can't take any more today. Is there somebody else that can help me with that? And the progression is, you know, you get that that almost interdependence toward um, the efficiency of getting those things done rather than I tried, but I was too busy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, before, we, before we end, do you, do you want to, uh, is there something I missed that, I, that you want to talk about? Maybe, maybe a subject or uh, maybe sales, marketing, uh, training, um, I don't know, anything that, that I might have, that, that do you feel is important to say, man, I wish... I wish you would have brought up this. That would have been a good conversation. I yeah, I, I think, you know, there's so many little different widgets between defining who the customer is up front and, and how to how to really get off of, you know, 
selling to people through manipulation and being more authentic with our sales approach. But as, as a core, I, I think that the biggest benefit that shops can have when trying to decide where to start, right? You, you get this point where you say, you know, should I implement meetings or should I start on a process? And now I know I need a process. Which department do I focus on first? Um, all of that can be identified. It's all specific to your store, I believe. It's all relative to the people that you have working within your store and their capabilities, right? But it all comes back to communication. And I think that if you can implement a structured form of communication to where, you know, there's a lot of brain psychology, not to go too deep into what we do on the negoti negotiation side of the business. Sure. But for our team members, we simplify. The right side of the brain is, is, is you know, relatively biased, emotional, quick to act, whereas the left side is going to be far more logical. And the value of their input throughout their day-to-day -day transaction needs to be d dumped onto a list somewhere. So we motivate those guys to say, within the parts department, within the paint department, within the front office, regardless the level um, of, of tenure that you bring to the business, your value from your position is is integral part of our growth. And if you can dump your feedback, what you're seeing, there's too many part reorders. There's yeah. uh, I'm not clear on 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 where my tools should go, et cetera. Whatever it is within the department, just record it onto a list. And the business makes intentional time to then sit down and systematically review those lists. You're gonna see, uniformity you're going to see overlap Ooh. and there's going to be an obvious path of this is where we need to first start and yeah. if we we can't undermine that feedback the feedback from our people Ooh. is going to give us the roadmap to where the the highest level of priority to Got begin it. working some sort of implementation is going to be so if you're not communicating within the store and you're not writing stuff down and and having structured you know um a structured scenario that you have something to review the content from your people frontline, I would advise to start. And, and that would, that'll, that'll kind of snowball into uh, all kinds of other, you know, resources that you can begin to implement, but you got to know where, where you're needed first. Got it. And what, what would you, what would you say five tips are, what, what would you suggest five tips of helping? Uh, Cause you know, the transition, it goes like technician, manager owner right what what would what would you suggest five tips on how to have that to help them transition maybe someone's in a in a management position and they and they want to be they're, they're eventually going to be an owner right what mindset or what tips can you give them that they need to develop or resources or networks or can you can you can you give them I would definitely say that you need to you, you need to be able to join some sort of mastermind group, some okay. sort of networking group that you can bounce some of your ideas ideas off of. Um, I would say have a personal mentor and or coach, um, and I would also second that by um, looking into a resource for whatever your direct reports would be. If you're stepping into a managerial position. You want to be pushing yourself to the next level, but you want to be pushing your people around you to the next level as well, right? I think leadership, um, you know, it's about making the other people better as a result of your presence, Ooh. right? Yeah. And, and making sure that that lasts 
in your absence, right? And if you're focused on their growth just as much as your personal growth, that comes. I think that you need to ensure that everything that you're doing is consistent, it's repeatable, and then it's all done with the discipline to execute it on a daily basis. You got to stay away from the flavor of the week. If you're going to, if some, if you're passionate about something to the point that you want to implement it and, or give it a shot, be prepared to write it out for a solid 90 days before you make judgment to say that it's, it's, it's for the birds or, or you actually want to maintain it right too, too often we present a grand plan. And then a week later we end up not even talking about it. And instinctively there are people kind of, um, you know, buy into that. And then finally, don't have the perception that we're in the car business. The cars, the cars are just the widgets. Yeah. And in all honesty, we should be, if you're wanting to sustain in this industry, I think that you've got to be dedicated to being a training company. Yeah. Um, you got to recognize that, that the product of what we sell is, is simply service, right? It's labor. Um, and, and ultimately we're in the people business. So you've got to understand who's coming through your door, what value you bring to them and the people that you're working with, um, what value you're bringing to, the, to, to those folks as well and, and what you can do to continue to elevate them. Nice, nice. All right, Drew, it's a pleasure, man. Pleasure talking to you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And man, we'll, de we'll definitely stay connected. And, um, you know, the, the purpose of, the, of these uh, webinars is uh, these podcasts is, is really just to kind of go in a little deeper with the article you wrote and, you know, um, and also to give, give, uh, viewers the, 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 the audio of it and also the visual of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of shop owners maybe don't have time to pick up a magazine and, and read a book, you know, but they might have time to listen to a podcast while they're on the treadmill or driving to work. So we want to, you know, just kind of extend, you know, an arm out to them and resources or just so that we can kind of get them on board as well. And, maybe introduce them to, to, uh, to a mastermind group or part of a, a bigger organization. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm putting a lot of time into those columns and I'm, I'm really enjoying the journey. And I'm hoping that uh, if somebody hasn't read them yet, uh, this will inspire somebody to maybe crack a magazine and, uh, and kick yeah. back to the few that we've got out, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely highly recommend it. Thanks you, Drew, again, and we'll talk again soon. You got it, bud. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Yeah.